you're tuned in to conversations we are already having with Moon Goat Coffee, a SoCal-based company on a mission to make coffee easier, better, daily. We do that by putting people first, serving out-of-this-world products, and making our place of business a space for connection. In our everyday conversations, we interact with amazing people. Simply, we're taking an extra 30 minutes on conversations with our customers, suppliers, staff, and friends. This is your peek behind the curtain to join the herd. inaugural Moongo podcast. This is conversations we're already having with Moongo Coffee. And today we're joined by another David. I'm David Yardley of Moongo Coffee. We've got David Orgill of the newly rebranded Story 11, which used to be Story by Image. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Delighted to be here. I'm very excited. I, I said, uh, hey, David, will you help me test out the podcast equipment and let's record a podcast while we're at it. <laughs> here we go. Let's do it. <laughs> we'll do it. I'm always game. But, you know, David does this story... Uh, series called being encouraged or yeah the being yeah, encouraged series being encouraged series yep. and you know i thought gosh we got to talk to david about how do you stay encouraged as a creative because being encouraged is one thing uh that's easy for a moment but staying encouraged is one thing completely so our first podcast not about coffee <laughs> it's about encouragement so you know in order to get the conversation flowing though we'll try some coffee we do uh, a subscription each month and we just filmed the subscription video, but David did not actually get to try the coffee. So every time I come here, I have way too much caffeine is what I go yeah. home and I don't sleep for <laughs> a couple of weeks. So for September subscription, which will be live as this podcast actually airs, um, we are trying coffees from El Salvador. So we'll try what's in the cup first. So coffee's pretty good. It's so good. It's a little fruity. It's so good. Got I, a little booty. I don't want to say tomatoes on the podcast like that, <laughs> but I do feel like it's the first coffee that's been like, what is that like? Uh, I think, yeah, fruity, but not like uh, sweet. Yeah, fruity, but not sweet. It's like, oh gosh, it's like preserved fruit or like yeah, a tomato yeah, yeah. jam almost. Yes. Like if you added sugar to tomatoes, this is what you get. Yes. Not ketchupy though. No. Promise. No, no, no. It tastes like coffee. It, the main flavor is that I taste are, are coffee and um, like a dark coffee. Yeah, coffee, dark fruits for sure. Really sweet though, uh, I think. I, I know you said not sweet, not sweet, but like I went wrong. I you took went a stab sweet. and I went wrong. You know what? No, 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 <laughs> it's no, no, on no. me. I, I love it. I love the uh, the trying for sure. You got it. You got to try. <laughs> two strikes. I have two strikes. One more strike and then no more. Coffee. And then uh, we get somebody else in on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, so the, the notes that I have written down is David does all the videos you see basically on Moongoat's Instagram. Not for long, but for right now, any any video you see on, on Moongoat's Instagram or TikTok is yeah. pretty much David's work. Oh, my gosh. We had a blast doing it. We shot so much food stuff. And that's the it was an amazing, delicious day because you just kept bringing in more things and we'd film them and then we'd eat them. Yeah, yeah. And I would say <laughs> it was fun at the beginning and not so fun at the end oh like any shooting. That's like any shoot, yeah. Do you uh, get sick of shoots in general or, or does it get less fun? Is that just like par for the course? You just got to get used to it? You just got to grind it out. It's like anything. I mean, I'm sure it's similar with coffee. where it's Yeah, just there's like, no fun parts. Yeah. The fun part usually is like at the very end of the process and you're like, oh man, right. I'm so glad that I worked hard. Yeah, like seeing the, the final result. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then, uh, so when did you start shooting videos? How old were you? 
I started in high school. I started messing around. I started a show, a high school humor show with really? a friend, and it was a very, very bad comedy show that we did for our very small Christian high school of 60 people in our class. It was insane. It was <laughs> That's insane. a small high school. But uh, it led to me getting into filmmaking, and then that's now how I pay my bills. So thank God for that. That's know? amazing. But, I mean, it would have been easier to when you knew you were going to have your first kid because you have three kids now, yep. right? So when you knew you were going to have your first kid, it probably was the least wise decision to uh, stay a creative, right? Absolutely. What would have been the wise decision? <laughs> so uh, a little bit about my story is that we had a kid, me and my wife had a kid at 19. Uh, so freshman year of uh, college. And so, you know, not expecting to be parents, uh, but just kind of thrown into the the grown up world. And so... Yeah, I was a filmmaker uh, major, uh, which is not like the best career choice. Mm, uh, not the, not the one on the Forbes list to make the most <laughs> yeah, money. Yeah, it's not the... <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I had to go straight to work. Uh, and luckily, my dad owns a business, uh, actually co-owns a business with uh, <laughs> David's father. That's right. Uh, called the Yardley Orgel Company. And so I jumped into full-time work there, uh, which was very just like... I, I would call it manual labor or just it was kind of whatever they could figure out for me you know just hey I, i'm a body sure i could i have a driver's license i can yeah. drive things yeah. i can stock the shelf uh but no filmmaking was something that i just wanted to do and so it kind of never gave up on it and just did it on my free time i got into weddings yeah uh, and so after work or you know um on the weekends i'd be shooting stuff and continue to get better at my craft but then also really figure out how to make money which was kind of the that's the main thing if you're trying to get into a different career path is like okay so this is fun to do but how can i do this for a job like let's figure that out so that sure was, that was uh yeah probably just you know a side hustle at the beginning but something that uh for me i don't have a huge value on money for whatever reason like obviously i want to pay the bills right and like you know i money's important but i don't i don't have a huge like my goal isn't to like make a ton of money my end goal, if, like I would be so stoked if I could do what I love for a living. Sure. So I spend most of my time doing that because when I feel like your first job, I don't know. What was your first job? My first job was in a warehouse. Yeah. Picking, packing, shipping. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I think when you have that type of job, maybe you get this like sense of like, oh, I really don't want to do this. Like, forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> there's some motivation there. <laughs> yeah. So that being the motivation, just like, oh, my gosh. OK, so like how can I get myself out of that into something closer to what I love? Maybe it's not like it doesn't have to be exactly like right. whatever I want to do, but right. closer to the field that I loved. And so it started out with weddings and then kept working and working. And I got a job at a uh, church, which was like my first time. That was your first time actually doing yeah. video as, yeah, a, as, as a professional. And it felt very weird. I, I was like, I can't believe, I literally can't believe I have a job totally making videos. Well, and now you work for yourself yeah. and there's that classic idiom that people know, people know that, 80% of new restaurants or 90% of new restaurants fail or new businesses fail. Now, I always say it's people with no experience who fail. Now, failure is an important part of life. So I guess, you know, maybe you don't feel like it, but you definitely are succeeding, right? You're like in the, <laughs> in the throes of being able to pay the bills with right. three kids and making videos. You've got a full-time employee who's yeah. on salary, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> so you've got Carol. all these things that are <laughs> shout out, Carol. You, um, th these are all touch points that people would say would qualify as success. While we could say success is not monetary or yeah. anything like that. 
what do you think made it so that you knew you could not fail or you did not want to fail with with video or or filmmaking yeah honestly i i'm probably the worst person to answer this question because i constantly feel like i'm failing and i constantly feel like uh i'm not doing great but uh looking back especially like oh like if i was able to tell myself working that first job like hey in a couple of years you'll be doing this for yourself and you'll have something you'll be working with somebody and paying the bills like that it that is a total win so i yeah i definitely am stoked that i've made it this far but i think uh not giving up is like the one thing that you, you know if you can do everything to not give up uh, you'll succeed yeah. uh which you know it sounds dumb but i think when you're starting something new when you're going after something, it's going to be a super, super bumpy road. And if you can just be like, Hey, I just have to figure this out and get to the next thing. Like I just, I have to not give up and get through this, whatever mm. it is, you know, if it's, you know, getting a new customers or if it's some big problem that happened or it's just right. like, how can I continue playing this game? Like, yeah, I'm sure it was yeah. kind of like that for you in the beginning. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's an analogy that one of my business partners brought up when we were, nothing was going our way with Moon Goat. It was, gosh, I, I would, would joke. It was like a tire fire. And he said, you got to pretend like your back's up against the wall. What are you going to do? Give up or fight? And you got to fight, right? You've got to, you know, know what you want and get out of the corner, get off the ropes and, and keep going. And it's funny because a lot of the things that you hated about the job when you're doing them and you know that the result is going to be, you know, filmmaking or making coffee, you're much more willing to sweep the floors, pick and pack the boxes, and you've got to figure out a way to make it so that other people can be invested in that business, even when you're not the one doing the picking, the packing, the sweeping, the manual labor, the driving, the whatever, right? So, and that's, that's tricky. And I'm not even sure what the magic is going to be to keep story 11 alive as you continue to do bigger and better things, but it's certainly going to have to involve inspiring more people, right? Yeah. So yeah, story 11 is basically this new thing that uh, I'm launching with my wife, which is kind of like basically a brand to do uh, all the fun, creative ideas that we want to do. So we have been doing our business under story by image, but now getting open into kind of some more documentary kind of work uh, and really just a place to kind of be more playful again. I think sometimes uh, when you get into like the business of the work that you love, sometimes it can just become that a business. And so thinking about doing, Oh, what would I, like, what would be super fun? What would be something I would do if I didn't have to pay the bills? Like, what would that be? And so uh, for us, it's uh, uh, this thing called the being courage series, which uh, we started uh, a little bit back, but basically the idea of just sharing stories of people who are pursuing their calling uh, wherever you are at in that, if you're somebody who is kind of like going after what you feel called to do or kind of your passion uh and like you're a perfect example of like somebody who's done that and like sure to me i don't know why but like there is nothing nothing is more like inspiring or like exciting to me than when i see another person like going after what they love doing Mm. and and like for you like when you told me that you were like considering like i'm thinking about like doing this coffee shop thing and like you were working at starbucks i knew you love coffee i was like so hyped to hear that like that was like it's so awesome to see that. And then to see you in the warehouse and to see you like <laughs> just going after it was like so inspiring and encouraging. I think when I see other people do that, it reminds me that like, Hey, 
I can do that too. Like, you know, and I can keep going and I can kind of do the things that I, I love to do because I see other people doing it. And sure. it's not easy for you. It wasn't easy for you. We had multiple conversations in the warehouse of like, this is crazy. Uh, and so just like seeing that happen and being with you and like hearing your story, I think was like super, super encouraging, inspiring. And, you know, uh, spoiler, but uh, David will be appearing in this series. Uh, <laughs> video's not finished yet, but... <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> but no. yeah, so yeah, sharing stories of people who are doing what you're doing. People, Even if you're not being successful, but you're still trying that and it's not your full-time job yet or something you're doing on the side. Like, I love like seeing pop-ups like happen where it's like, this person just loves making this kind of mm, thing. Totally. And, and this is like, you know, it's not her full-time job, but this is what she does like on the side right now. Like, totally. I don't know why I love that. I, I, I think we all have something, uh, that is like inside of us that, you know, either we are pursuing or we're not pursuing. But a lot of times I'll ask people who are like working, I would say a normal job, like what would you do if you didn't have any money? Like or if you, money was no problem. Right. Not if you didn't right. have any money. Yeah. <laughs> if you had all the money. Get all the money. What would you do? And some people say like, uh, like I would be baking or like I would be like just like things that when you say them out loud, they don't make sense in the real world of like, uh, well, that you're not going to make money that way. Like, right. Don't do that. But in the sense of bringing that person joy, like that is what they would love to do. Sure. And so I'm like, man, I, I, for better or for worse, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I love when people are, are at least trying to do that thing that they love to do. Yeah. That's an amazing spirit because I feel like I am the person who is not, I'm not a natural encourager. When I talk to people, I'm probably <laughs> naturally discouraging until they're in my like ethos or sphere. And then all I want to do is encourage them. But I think it's cool that you have a heart for people who are you don't even know. You don't even know these people and you're willing to go and encourage them because to me i'm like well i don't know if i should encourage you maybe i should discourage you no right? that's true there is times for that too <laughs> but but i think it's great because if you'd asked me five years ago maybe not five years ago ten years ago are you going to start a coffee shop are you going to work for a coffee company that you have a, a stake in i would have said no way i'm going to be like i'm going to be working for somebody else for like 10 more years at least, you know, when I'm 60, I'll think about starting my own coffee shop. I felt like a total fraud, a total imposter, you know, that I couldn't potentially do that. And then, you know, you put one foot in front of the other and you surround yourself with people who encourage you, support you, and also tell you realistically, you know, is this a good fit for you? And, uh, and they do. And you have to just go for it at that point, right? And yeah. I'm sure that you had people in your life telling you to not do what you're yeah. doing right now, <laughs> um, much like I do now. And once, you, once you're committed to it, that's, I think, the biggest thing is two ideas are great. One idea in action is worth more than 10 good ideas. Yeah, in action is the key word. Oh, my word goodness. There. I that's... feel like, yeah, that is something. Because when you're talking about something at first, like, uh, I remember you were telling me it was like in your garage or Aaron's garage and you were just <laughs> yes, like yes. telling me this idea. And I feel like I've heard a lot of people with that kind of same idea or vision for what they would like to do in the future. Uh, and then, yeah, it's a bummer when that doesn't ever come to fruition. I feel like the in action part is huge. Like, oh, cause is. sometimes you have a lot of ideas and a lot of passions, but it will never turn into something if you don't like double down on one thing or start putting 
in action, you know, doing those things. I so think. true. Yeah. Well, they say, you know, if you give uh, an idea and you, you say it to somebody, sometimes it gives you the same relief of doing yes. it. Yes. And so it's really important if you've got a good idea. Even with this podcast, I didn't tell anybody about it wow. until I until I bought the equipment. Wow. Until I had set it up because I was like, gosh. I am not going to do it if I keep telling people I want to do it. Right? Yeah, he didn't even tell me. He like texted me on the way over. We're doing a podcast. Yeah, that's exactly. How, I, I, I knew I had you as a captive audience. We shot some videos, and so it was like, and now we're also going to record some audios. Yeah, I no. didn't even ask to borrow your equipment, which I should, is, I should have. <laughs> we should have done that first. That would have been the the physically wise thing. But you know, we we batted over some names. One was podcast with points because we just bought everything with with credit card points so, yeah it was a it was a fun uh fun thing and you know what's great about this is we even were having a great conversation as we're setting up for video and i was like we just got to save this conversation <laughs> for the podcast because we do have just such great conversations we don't see each other every day not even every week really but when when we do it's it's an awesome conversation um that's a really i want to just say on what you said there about the podcast thing is so launching story 11 has been in my head for probably three years. Right. And it's still not out in the world oh as goodness. we speak. Like I gave right. myself a deadline, but we'll see if that even happens. But there is there. It's so hard to well, get this podcast started. is going live in less than two weeks. Well, then so. it has to be. Done. I mean, we're literally <laughs> live to the Internet right now. I know. I so, yeah. Uh, an embarrassingly low number of people oh, no. watching it. Well, but still. you should all be working. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there is something about. Um, either talking too much about an idea or just constantly being like, Oh yeah, this would be so cool. This would be so cool without actually doing the work to get it done. Uh, I think a lot of times too, it's like, you think it has to be perfect. Like you even said before we started this podcast, it should probably sound bad for the first episode. Right. Like, it should like that's a great perspective yeah, i think yeah. for me i'm like it has to be perfect and it, the, the first episode has to be the best episode <laughs> and everything has to be dialed in and so i think yeah fighting that and just doing doing the thing to get it going is probably like way better than doing trying to make something perfect and then and then putting it out there oh totally and and that's exactly the mindset i needed to have uh, you know, it's funny. I, I there's a company I really, really, really respect, and one of their mottos is "Never settle for good enough." And to me, I think that's a great motto if you can build a values and ethos around it. And they have so, kudos to Onyx Coffee Lab, one of my aspirational brands in in Arkansas. Great work. But for me, the way that I have to interpret and lead the brand that I do, it's never settle for good enough. It's don't let perfect be the enemy of progress. And there's many ways it's been said, but sometimes I'll just say it's not just good, it's good enough. And it makes people laugh, but at the same time, it's true. Sometimes you just have to get things done, get them out and let customer feedback start to trickle in so that you start to get that. You have to just edit videos, submit them to customers, because guess what? You could make it perfect, and then somebody asks for a revision, and you're like, oh my goodness, you just asked me to revise what I thought All made it time. perfect. All so, the time. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's almost, it's it's better to, to make sure that you're actually getting things done than to make sure that they're completely perfect. Yeah, absolutely. So... Well, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, this this is the question that people always ask me and I never have the right answers to. 
But uh, a question that I wanted to ask everybody who comes on it is what are hobbies or if, if you can't really quantify hobbies, what are things that people should know about you and something that people don't and should? Hmm. Something uh, uh, for people who don't know me, uh, I would say big hobby of mine is being a dad. I think that just takes up all of my time and I'm like, man, what do I do with my life? But that is, you know, I guess it's more than a hobby. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, I think, yeah, I uh, just bought a bunch of Legos for, uh, my kids and we built them together and that was the best. So growing up, I love Legos. So there you go. Okay. That's a hobby of mine. That's that, uh, <laughs> and that's an awesome part about being a dad is you get to buy toys that secretly are for you. Right. But you say like, no, 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 no. I bought no. it for him. He's going to, yeah, it's for him. <laughs> no, this it's is like the cold brew keg you yeah. just got. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah also a hobby of mine is drinking way too much cold brew it's awesome uh yeah that's i mean that's about it i really am passionate about documentary stuff um i got into biking over oh, really? quarantine i started I riding a bike that. all the time and i just bought an actual like road bike with oh, wow. cliffless pedals that's that's a hobby <laughs> if i've ever heard of a hobby that's a hobby oh he's in deep <laughs> yep he's in deep know everything about this hobby but i mean you like cooking Oh, I love cooking. I just made that's a, a good hobby. Cacio de Pepe, Cacio de Pepe, Cacio de Pepe. Yep, for the first time last night, and it was horrible. Was it? Uh, I was way too cheesy. But you'll make it again. Yeah, I followed like a bon appetit. You do bon appetit. Yeah, they're always complicated. And what well, you know what the problem with bon appetit is? Uh, what's the problem? Let me tell you the secret. <laughs> the secret is that they don't ever cook with the recipe that they actually write down. So they make the recipe and then they go back to their desk and try to remember what they put in that recipe. That's so the, the measurements are wrong. The measurements were wrong. The it, measurements are wrong. It was way too much cheese. Way too much cheese. It was like, it was so much cheese. I made the most terrible thing I've ever made yesterday too. Okay, I yeah. made, <laughs> I made a uh, kielbasa sausage. If you're familiar uh lasagna sheet pasta um i guess yeah lasagna sheet pasta wow. with queso and salsa it was terrible terribly delicious but that's a lot that's a heavy one things. it was a heavy night last i'm night. kind of embarrassed to admit that yeah we, we both <laughs> ate a lot of cheese <laughs> we were synced up uh dave is an actual home cook the professional professional nope. home cook no nope. will just obvious yeah no 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 just it's obvious insane. it's insane i do have a cook shirt uh, well, it should it should be a professional white apron is what it should be because <laughs> it should be it's professional white apron. for real. No, no, no. I'm not even qualified to cook a blue apron meal. But I'm. Just... <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, oh. this podcast is good so far, and hopefully, if somebody listened to it this far, if one yeah, person people are dropping out of the live. Yeah, that, no, that's how you know it's that. a good podcast. Is that you've got this should be going. on while you're doing at least ten other things? Yeah. Well, so for the people who have stuck around. They're definitely the true believers. Let's talk a little bit about some of the creative processes we've worked on together just to see, you know, I think like to give you a platform also for story 11 story by image, whatever we're calling it as this podcast comes out <laughs> is, uh, you know, what do we want to kind of ascribe? We started the first thing we did together was our Kickstarter video. And what was that? 2018? Yeah. Whenever you were in the warehouse and, Sounds about right. Yeah. 2018. And we had a successfully fully funded Kickstarter, which yeah. was awesome. Um, you know, for us, it was just to get our retail location open 
the first one. And uh, we gave out some cool swag. Some of it still exists out in the world, but not much. Uh, and, and it was really awesome to go through that video. And I was telling David this morning, I think the real value for doing a brand video is not the actual video and who you convince with the video, but the fact that you have to script out what you're going to say and you convince yourself and you hone your own elevator pitch. And then you also have to clean up your space enough so that you have a great looking video that you've effectively cleaned your room and done a good job of making sure that you actually have a presentable business uh, around it. And I think that just going through the motions of shooting a video is more valuable than the video itself. And I wonder what thoughts you have around that. It's defining for sure. Like even with you guys, I saw it a ton, but basically but you have to say this is who we are and kind of like permanently put it down somewhere where anyone can come see it and you're going to watch it probably a bunch of times. So I've seen with most people who do a brand video, it changes them or their business and cements in who they are as a company for the better. I think like it, you know, when you're getting started or you haven't done like a deep brand dive or like defined all these things out. Sometimes it's just in your head and it's kind of like, this is kind of who we are. But when you are like, Oh, someone's recording you, you have to say the things that you really think you are. And that's going to live for a long time. Like it, it makes you focus on what, who do I want to be and what am I want to represent? And then once you say it and lock it in, Yep. It is played again and again to different people, to yourself, and it, it does something. I think to to your to your mental of like totally. Oh my gosh! Like this is who I am, and now you're holding yourself to your own standard uh, from the video. So yeah, that's something I've seen a lot is just more uh, identity and 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 you know branded like uh, awareness internally. I think from from companies that we've worked with. Totally. So on that note of the people you filmed with, who do you feel like you've seen that sort of defining moment with some of your clients? Cause I'm sure you've, I mean, you've, you shot sidecar when they had how many stores? Uh, just one, I just think. one, yeah, right? Whatever, yes. Yeah. You shot sidecar when they had one store, <laughs> you did a, a fellow Costa Mesa coffee shop neat yeah. when she was just a pop-up six month old. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and you did moon goat when we didn't even have anything yeah. you've done, you know, I, and I could go on, but I guess, you know, from your perspective, who have you seen that's, it's really defined themselves and you've seen those touch points. Yeah. I, I'll, I mean, a lot of people, I think one in particular stands out. They were figuring themselves out as they approached me was Miranda Fry, a jewelry company in uh, Elisa Viejo, I believe. Uh, but they were coming out with this uh, kind of this new kind of mission of be confident, be you kind of empowering people uh, with their jewelry. And so this was something that was personal with the owner and the, the person who makes all the jewelry, Miranda. Uh, and so she came to us with this story that she was like, Hey, I want to get this out in the world. And kind of, as we talked, we were able to kind of hear like, so why, like, why is this right. important to you? And kind of hear from her past of like what confidence means to her and why it's so important to her. And so right. telling her story, uh, and, and leading with that, I think was a, a moment that they were prepared for, you know, they probably weren't like surprised by any of it, but I think huh. that really instilled, like this is who we are as this is kind of what we're doing as, as a jewelry company. Uh, that was, it's still one of my favorite projects of all time. It's awesome. Uh, yeah. Those guys are, those guys are yeah. awesome. That's amazing. But Just yeah. to hear that. That's cool. Now, how about aspirational filmmakers? Who, who do you look up to and say that guy or gal has got it completely <laughs> figured out? I know you mentioned Quentin Tarantino having some of the clearest vision. 
Yeah, he's just like, you can always tell it's him. Like, oh, you, that's him. Like, yeah. you know it for sure. Uh, you know what? It's so funny, and this is uh, relatively embarrassing if you're a filmmaker, but I actually don't watch a lot of films. I don't watch, <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of the classics. And every time I talk to another filmmaker, they're like, how have you not have seen you Jurassic not Park? That. Or like, have you not? And I'm like, <laughs> have you not seen Jurassic no, Park? I haven't oh, you gotta seen watch Jurassic so Park. many classic ones. And uh, the reason is I am... Uh, up like a almost like a uh because of vimeo i got into filmmaking like right. i don't know if people remember like vimeo was like a big deal when it first came out for totally. like cool internet films not like full films they were like five minutes seven minute like inspiring like short films or short docs and so like i got into filmmaking because i loved those types of videos sure uh, so my favorite filmmaker of all time is solomon lightham who's who started in hillsong church and did these little like five minute things are like super artistic wow. he just came out uh i think two days ago he shot the music video for uh, justin bieber and uh, skrillex okay and so he's come a long way but his style is is insane like in it's gorgeous every frame is a painting uh and he shoots like everything on film and you know, it's That's you insane. just roll over it. Yes. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was a little, uh, deep dive there for, uh, no, people, it's but, great. I mean, go that... check out. Yeah, the, it was uh, Justin Bieber and Skrillex, whatever that was. Yeah. That was him. That's was awesome. Dope. That's awesome. So you're not necessarily huge on social media, but I'm trying to be. If, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> if, if people were going to follow you on what plot, one platform, which platform should it be? Uh, YouTube story 11. There you go. YouTube story 11. Yes. We'll link it in the show notes. Yes. That's awesome. Yep. Hopefully new content coming out there. Over Instagram. Uh, I would say over Instagram. I'm going to try to be on Instagram, but I'm a filmmaker and I'm going to try to make more videos. So they'll end up on Instagram, but primarily totally. over YouTube. Yeah, it'll be a funnel. Got it. Got it. Got uh, it. Yeah, well, funnel. I think it, the, the funnel, the funnel strategy, <laughs> we're, we're a bunch of marketing experts in our own mind. Uh, that Well, no, it's awesome. And I think that generally when I think about your style of videography, it is definitely not anything you would see traditionally, right? You don't shoot TV commercials. You don't shoot feature films. You don't shoot TV shows. It's like this kind of gray area. So that makes sense that you're yeah. not really classically inclined or trained or focus because you're not trying to mimic much of what is going on in the classics. I think you really just try to capture like real life and real stories and, and experiences that people don't usually get to see on a film set. So it's cool to shoot with you because you're looking for things that I'm not looking for too. I'm like thinking about one thing and you're like thinking in a different, on a different plane. So yeah, 100%. And I think something, what you brought up about like how brands are changed after we do a video yeah. is very similar to like a documentary or a short story that I'm doing with the Be Encouraged series. Sure. I think sometimes, like even yourself, we've talked and had conversations where I'm like, David, look, look where you are. Like, this is insane. Like, yeah. remember where you were like yeah. before when we were talking and like this idea of a coffee shop and now like it's so cool. And like totally. we're here, like looking back, I'm like, how, how did I get here? And kind of like even celebrating that because I think often we don't slow down or stop to... Be like, wow, I've come so far and celebrate how far I've come. Yeah, yeah. Kind of thing that you did. So, yeah, that's, that's been a cool part, I think, of the, the short stories as well. Just totally. like seeing people see themselves. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I work with all of our staff, especially those that are in a little bit of leadership. If you are, what is your scoreboard for success? And are you sharing that scoreboard with the people that you're in the trenches with every day? And for an entrepreneur or for somebody with a unique vision, you have to say, like, it's not the scoreboard that somebody has that can go look at uh, sales or go look at their bank account. It's like 
you have to figure out something like a video because guess what? If I have a couple bucks in my bank account, it's like, great, now I can pay some bills, right? It's not like, gosh, that's my money to, to spend. It's, it's really from that perspective. So what is your scoreboard on a daily basis? And for me, it's even having great conversations like this where it's like, oh my goodness, this is so good to sit down and just talk about things that you never make the space or time to talk about. And, and it, I, you know, will have more impact on other people. But to me, that's what gives me the most joy is like seeing other people find themselves, find success, find uh, clarification or, or a light on their journey. So, you know, I think that that's where you and I probably have the most constants right is like i think you and i both like to see it and for me it's mostly with my employees or with my customers or or vendors and for you it's probably with the people that you're shooting or aspire to shoot and you know i think what you've got is like you can do it to just random people which is amazing 100 percent. and i will say too just to put it on record i feel like i am so stoked and proud of what you've done <laughs> i you've got to be like one of my most bragged on friends behind your back it's just like dude this guy like this is this is what he loved to do and like he like if anyone knows david he knows too much about coffee like actually too much but that i feel like you've had that for a long time and then you were able to kind of like manifest and use all of that knowledge and love for it and bring it to life with Mungo. And I, I'm like beyond proud of this dude and what he's done. Uh, and so, yeah, just on record, totally. just want to get that on there. Well, I think that, that, <laughs> that what it goes to is like, you don't know what you're practicing for, yeah. but practice doesn't make perfect. Ooh, that's good. Perfect practice makes perfect. So for me, even when I was working in a job that I hated for people that I didn't like, I always tried to do the best that I could because it wasn't a reflection of them that I was trying to make. It was a practice for myself for the future. And also it's like, gosh, you just want to be the change in the world that you want to see. And that's such a cheesy quote, but it's like, gosh, it's so true. You just need to try to do the best that you can even and especially when it's not fun and not easy to do because that's what separates the people that are going to truly be successful to not. And not to me, again, my marker for success is like, gosh, are other people doing a good job, right? If other people are doing great, it's their fault. And if they're doing bad, it's, you know, it's my fault for whatever's on my side of the street and I can just practice to get better at it. That's it. That is so good. I feel like, yeah, that is huge. That's, I'm gonna write that down. Listen, <laughs> re-listen to that. Well, that cool. Good. Well, so we we hit 30 minutes. That's <laughs> we it. Got it. Got the nugget right. We there. gotta go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so perfect. Good, well, yeah. I mean, the the spirit and intention behind this podcast is to really just make a 30 minute conversation recorded and try to fit all the good things that we would get into one conversation uh, into this podcast and we're not going to cut or edit any of the things out. So you might hear some arguments. So stick around for the next <laughs> installment. We're going to do this weekly. We'll do two live a month and we'll do a couple recorded. And, uh, David Orgill, it was a absolute honor to uh, have you as the first podcast guest. Honestly, yeah, it's a dream of mine since I was a little kid. I can't believe I'm here now, and I just want to thank my mom and dad for being here and you know making oh, this day possible. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, on that, you can't have a better outro than that. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Bye.